Welcome everybody. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Chris Wasserman, the Senior Vice President of Family First Life Telos, and he has developed an exceptional skill set uh, for phone sales. So Chris, what are you looking forward to sharing with us today? Yeah, so I think that it would be um, beneficial to just kind of go over the approach that I've just started to implement and the success that, that I've had with it, see if that can, you know, maybe help somebody else that's struggling in a certain area um, or help someone that isn't quite sure how to get started or, or what they're doing take those first steps, maybe change uh, something in their approach and, and hopefully have the same results that I've been having the last week, week and a half. All right, great. So before we jump into that, let's touch a little bit on what your lead strategy was um, and what your mindset shift was getting into going full telesale okay. and, and live transfers. So what types of leads were you running before? What was your budget, et cetera, et cetera? Say so it was probably 90% mortgage leads uh, prior. And then if I had some weeks where I was running short, I would supplement that with some internet leads, maybe some age mortgage. But okay. the vast majority was going to be mortgage, and I was spending anywhere from 1500 to $2,000 a week on them. Yeah, more on some weeks, I'm sure. Some uh, yeah, weeks so, some weeks are 30, you know, 3000 3500 bucks. <clears throat> sure, it's good to know because, you know, putting it in perspective when we start talking about your budget yeah. in live transfers, your costs didn't really increase, which is great. So yeah. what um, <clears throat> what led you to make the decision and take the leap of faith into getting into telesales? Yeah, so my ultimate goal is to grow as, as a uh, business, as, as an agency. And what I was noticing on my team is a lot of people were struggling trying to find the right resources, find the right leads, um, set their schedule up the right way. There was a lot of stress involved. They had a ton of fall off and people that just didn't want or didn't really know what they were doing. And um, there's been this gigantic move within FFL to get into, you know, telesales, um, Zoom calls, you know, do the virtual stuff, live transfers. And I had a lot of people that were asking me about that, and I had never done it. So I was trying to coach them, but I was really just kind of faking it, you know. And uh, that's that's dangerous, and I didn't want to be the kind of leader that somebody could call a hypocrite. Um, and I wanted to be able to teach people a way that was actually productive that was going to help them. Because at the end of the day, that, that's really what it's all about, is to see your team grow and see uh, those individuals grow. So I figured that uh, <clears throat> it was a good time to start trying to learn it myself. And I figured the best thing to do, I know for me personally, I work best when my back is against the wall. I always have. So I decided just to give up mortgage. Um, I gave them to somebody else on my team so that I could go full in, all in on uh, my transfers. So and let's I, have some context here. What were you giving up? Your average month was about 50000 About 50000 On autopilot? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that yeah. was a bit <laughs> your. Your risk reward here. There was huge risk in doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was definitely risk, but I was very confident. I mean, I've seen the success that other people were having with live transfers, and just the concept makes sense. So <clears throat> I didn't really think that it was a significant risk, but I, I, I certainly knew that there was something on the line. Sure, and then realizing that you know mortgage lead is sixty-seven to eighty-five dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. And live transfers are sixty-seven to eighty-five dollars a piece, but the difference is that you were literally buying appointments. Yeah, and that's what you came to realize, and that's that's something we'll touch on here. But the outline for today is really I wanted to cover everything from your lead strategy to signatures and how you were able to do, quite frankly, the astonishing amount of business sixty thousand dollars in the last ten days submitted off of live transfers only, and how you how you were able to accomplish that. So let's jump right into this. Um, lead strategy. So we don't have to talk about the lead companies that you're using. People can reach out for that directly. Mm -hmm. um, but were you were you limiting yourself to just one vendor or how did you 
how did you uh, develop your your approach to elites with this? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I'm using as many vendors as I possibly can. The the play in this, and I thought this from the beginning, and so far I think it's held up to be to be true, is this is going to be a volume play. The more the more calls you take, the more you're going to write. It seems pretty basic, pretty common sense. And the best way to do that is to use multiple vendors. So what I do is I have accounts with several vendors. Um, when these calls come in, I always have my vendors and uh, tabs on my computer. So if I get a call from one, while I'm on the phone, I'm pausing it on my other so that I don't get multiple calls coming in at the same time. And I'm not getting billed you know, three times for one call. So I pause it when I'm on the phone. And as soon as I'm off, I unpause it. And, and that's just a way to continue getting the volume in as rapidly as I can. It, without being double or triple charged. Right, exactly. And you've just turned these on in Texas or how many states? So right now I, I, have, have, uh, I have eight states. I have eight states. I don't think that's enough. Um, I, I, I just bought a bunch more states to turn it on. How many more states? 37 more. So on top of the eight that you already have? On top of the eight, yeah. Wow, so you're, almost, you're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, okay. and that's intentional because the way that a lot of these systems are, are built is on a bidding system. So you can have, uh, let's just say that the minimum that you can pay for a lead is 60 bucks. You can bid that up. You can have a max bid at like 100 bucks. And so if my max bid is at 100 bucks and yours is at 70 and a bid comes in or a call comes in and you, are, you and I are competing, um, instead of you getting it for 70 because your max bid is going to max out at 70, my max out at 100, yeah. I'm going to pay 71. So I'll pay up to $100. Okay. Now, that's because you and I are both competing in the same state. So if I have more states, then I'm going to pay less per lead because there's less competition throughout all of those states. So the way that I looked at it is I'm going to make a pretty substantial investment in a lot of non-resident licenses. But that's going to save me twenty dollars, twenty to thirty dollars per lead that comes in. So you spent th- about thirty seven hundred yesterday doing yeah. that, and but that's and you're getting how many calls a week? Uh, well, so I just bought those thirty, uh, thirty four, thirty thirty seven states. Well, this last like the last couple of weeks, you've been taking how many twenty five, thirty calls? Uh, in the last week, I've had twenty twenty eight calls. Twenty eight calls. Yep. So that that you'll make up that difference quick. Get, yeah, real quick. So in th- another thing. If, if So I spent $3,700 on these licenses, and if I get three sales or one sale in three of those states, I just made all my money back. There's no way I'm not going to do that. Right. Of course, yeah. Your thought process was how to lower your lead cost, though, I, I think, yes, right? Yes, how to lower my lead cost. And that was by diversifying the state, so you've got more calls coming in. And your thought process behind that was that was was what? So if you have more states, there's just more people calling in, and there's less saturation in those states? or what? Yeah, so a couple of things. That? Um, obviously the, the more states you have, the wider your, your array of people that you can, you can reach or that can reach you. So if somebody's calling in Idaho or Wyoming or where California mm-hmm. and you're licensed there, you're going to get that call versus if you're not licensed there, you're not going to get that call. Yeah, Pretty sure. rudimentary. Sure. So, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so yeah, so you're, yeah. you're, you're casting a net over a, a, a more broad, um, um, uh, area. Yeah, right? yeah, you're just and not. by doing that, you're going to lower your lead costs because now I'm not outbid. I don't have to outbid you. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. And weekly schedule and daily budget. What, let's break that down. What okay. just over the last because again, this is new, but you've had mm-hmm. a ton of success with this. So yep. let's just talk about you specifically. Now we are going to coach an agent too. They can develop their own budget and mm-hmm. take a piece of this. But what did you do? 
What did your weekly, daily budget look like on leads? And what did that schedule look like for you in terms of ideal times yep. to pause and unpause? So I have my schedule completely open and I, I, I have my max bid um, $20 above minimum right now. So my schedule, I'm seven days a week from open to close. And um, these calls are coming in on average, you know, maybe seven to 10 a day. And so that's costing me about, we'll say, f- uh, I think it's 550 to $600 per day. Mm-hmm. But I'm making about $3,000 a day off the back of that. You know, and of course, with phone sales or live transfers or, or any, any one of these paradigms, you can't expect to close all of them. So the majority of calls that I'm getting, I'm not closing just because that's the nature of the beast. But that's why volume is such an important play. So you have to have high volume in order to have um, high submission days. Right. And I think people, t- they don't understand that. Yeah, you submitted all this business, but you had a lot of no's too. Same with mm-hmm. Steve. People think Steve Giordano closes 100% of the people. He's a 50% closer, but he just gets in front of more people. So you're taking that same approach where it's like, I don't care if I get two no's in a row because I know my numbers. Mm-hmm. Your numbers are about, what, 40%? Yeah, roughly 40%. Yeah, that's great. So mm-hmm. four sales. If you're getting ten calls a day, you're you're potentially popping off, you know, six, seven, eight thousand, sometimes bigger. Yeah, which is great because you you the, the averages are averages, and so you can go you can go over five, and then like you know that your next you know two calls or whatever you're gonna close. Yeah. Um. It just the numbers always are the numbers. It doesn't matter when those sales come. You just know that they're coming, and you can't get you can't get discouraged by by the no sales. Some people call up and they're just, they're just not serious about it. Others are very serious about it. What yeah. is your uh, What is your screening? Not your your intro sound like. Where you're? How do you avoid getting off a call? How do you pre-screen these people? What does that intro sound like? Yeah. So, uh, first thing that happens is the the operator from whatever company you're using mm-hmm. is going to be on the other line, and then they tell you they have a live transfer for you. You can pull their information up. You have a printout of you know address, date of birth, all, all the all the things. And um, he told me, ready for it, and transfers over. And so the representative would say, um, you know, okay, Rob, I have a licensed uh, insurance representative on the other line for you. I'm going to hop off the call. Have a great day. Okay, you too. And then I get on the phone with them. And so I would say something along the lines of, um, hey, Rob, my name is Chris. I'm going to be helping you get your policy put in place today. And uh, I say that because I want them to know that we're not, this isn't just for a quote. We're putting this in place. And and so, hey, Rob, this is Chris. I'm going to be helping you get your policy put in place today. How's your day going so far? Going good. It's going good. Great. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good thing. That's a good thing, man. All right. So it looks like you're obviously looking to get some life insurance put in place. Um, I just want to verify a little bit of information with you real quick. I have your address down here as 123 Main Street. Is uh, is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Then your date of birth as 121964. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Perfect. Let me just mark that down. All right. So now... Um, Obviously, you're looking for some kind of coverage. You have a mortgage right now that you're trying to protect, or you, is more for like final expense to make sure you're not burdening anybody. If God forbid something were to happen to you, uh, fi- final expense is that yeah. what most of yours? I would. Are you asking me? I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm, at, I'm out of role play now. Are okay. Most of them are they mostly final expense? Most or? of them are final expense. Okay, so let's go with that. So okay. if I'm looking for final expense. I don't want to. I don't want family to have to deal with the burden. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, out of pretty much everyone that I talk to, that's what most people are looking for. So we can definitely help you out with that. So the way rather this process is going to work is we're, I'm going to ask you a few medical questions, try to get you um, pre-approved so we know what kind of products you're going to be eligible for. And then once we figure that out, we'll go through a couple different options, policy uh, specific to you. And we'll pick out one of those policies that makes sense for your situation. And we'll go ahead and submit a request for coverage. That request for coverage is going to take anywhere from one to two weeks for Alfie to come back. 
And what the carrier is going to do in that time is they're going to look at things like your prescription history, uh, your medical background. They want to make sure that no one's trying to take out any insurance in your name or anything, um, whether you can just escape from prison or hide out there in California, yeah. right, <laughs> or wherever you are. <laughs> so yeah. in the last seven years, have you been treated for anything like uh, heart attack, cancer, uh, stroke, COPD, or diabetes that requires insulin? Uh, no. Okay, perfect. And what about the small stuff like high blood pressure, cholesterol, anxiety, depression, or thyroid issues? All of the above. All the above, all right. And are those conditions well controlled with medications? They are. They are. All right, perfect. So we should be able to help you out there. All right, so like I said, we're going to look at a few different options for you. And uh, once we find one that actually makes sense, we'll go ahead and submit that request for coverage. So um, give me one second to pull this up. Now, you said your date of birth is 1264, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and do you smoke? I don't. All right. I do not. Perfect, perfect. All right, so I got this pulled up. So um, let's look at option one. So option one, we're looking at $25,000. Uh, $25,000 is about the average cost of a funeral in your area. Um, uh, $25,000 would be one fifty-six a month. Now, obviously, this is going to pay out if you were to die, right? But um, this is also going to pay out while you're alive. So if you were to get diagnosed with any kind of a terminal illness, so 12, uh, 12 months or less to live, they're going to make you the beneficiary. They're going to start paying you out the entirety of that face amount. Um, this is also going to have a cash value account attached to it. And I don't know if you're familiar with cash value, but basically how that works is, um, every time you make a premium payment, a portion of that's going to go towards your cash value account. Now that cash value account is going to begin to accrue interest. And so let's just say in, uh, I don't know, five, 10 years from now, you have six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 in that cash value account. Well, you can go ahead and take some of that money out and you can go use it to buy whatever you want, right? TV, dogs, whatever, you, <laughs> whatever you're into, <laughs> all right? Or you can actually leave that money in there and you can actually use that account to help uh, to make those premium payments for you. So it's like a self-funding account at that point. Kind of a cool option. And this also has a double indemnity rider attached to it, which you do not pay for. They just throw that in there for free. And what this means is that if you were to die by any reason other than natural causes, so you get into a car crash, um, choke on something, fall, hit your head, walk in the woods, and a tree limb comes down to smash you in the back of the head and lights out, then they're going to go ahead and double that payment. So instead of $25,000, they are not going to pay you out $50,000. Okay. So that's option one, okay? Option two, we're looking at $20,000. $20,000 um, is going to be one twenty-four a month, and this is going to have the exact same benefits as option number one. So cash value account, you got terminal illness, you're going to be protected, and double indemnity rider, you're, you're good to go. And then there's option three, $15,000, this is $94 a month, and same exact benefits as option number one and number two. Terminal illness, cash value, and double indemnity rider, all going to be included. So, Rob, out of those options, what would you think would make the most sense for your situation? Uh, I think 20 would be good. 20? Yeah, that's the, probably the most common. That's, I think that's the most common one that we're seeing right now. So we can go ahead and submit the request uh, for coverage for that. And again, what they're going to do is they're going to look at things like your prescription history, your medical background, and then, again, just going to verify that you are who you say you are. No one's trying to take this out in your name. All right? Okay. All right, perfect. So um, in order to submit the request for coverage, obviously the company is going to require some sensitive information to make sure you are who you say you are. Um, that's going to include your driver's license number, social security number, and bank account information. All right? So just go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and grab that information while I start getting this uh, application put through. Okay. And then they, they, nine times out of 10, they yeah, okay. Okay. You get pushback on what part of that? If I do get pushback, it's on the, it's on the uh, bank account. I found uh, nobody I really. I like the options, Chris, but like, ah, you need my bank information? Yeah. So, um, 
I actually don't need the bank information, but in order to submit the application, these companies require that to be part of the application. Now, it's important to note that no money is going to actually be drafted today. They're not even going to take that until you're actually approved for the coverage. But these companies, after COVID and everything, they've been over-inundated with applications for life insurance, and they're not even going to entertain any applications now that uh, from clients they don't think are serious about it. So that's just one of the requirements that they now have. It's less paper chasing for them in the long run. Okay, so, like makes- I said, if you don't if you don't mind, just go grab that for me, and uh, I'll, we'll begin putting this through. Hey, that's beautiful. All right. So then they get it, and mm-hmm. they give it to you, and then what happens next? So now we we have now here's the challenging part: technology. Yeah. So let's run through. So you seamless, dude. This is just like silky smooth. Then you got to put the the ball in their court because they have to figure out how to sign this thing now. Yeah, and that can be challenging. So let's run through let's run through how you troubleshoot that because okay. I can see why you're closing so much business. That was a four minute pitch, and I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> like that, you're really good at that. That's nice. so smooth, and that that rebuttal to that bank objection is is freaking gold. We'll have to get that typed out to get out to people because that is really good. Um, you're not getting many objections there now. Signatures. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, no, I'm not in person. Obviously, you're, if you're not in state, there's no way around this. So you, you've got to get proficient at this. And the play is to, is to go outside of your home state as, as an option because you need to get the cost of leads down. Correct. So now you're, you, you click. When you set up the application, you, you click, I'm not, I've never done this. So walk okay. me through it as if I don't know what I'm doing. So you, you say, no, I'm not with the client. Yep. Okay. And then let's just use AmeriCo because we always lead with AmeriCo. Yeah. And... You click email signature mm-hmm. and you send it over. Then what happens next? And then so yeah, it's going to have an access code. So you take that access code. I copy and paste. So you have to have their access code is automatically populated. And then you have to enter one for yourself as well. So I just copy and paste it. So it's the same access code. Is it a confusing one or is it like simple? Like there's no dude. In there? it, it, it's like it's six numbers. Eight, four, six, seven, four, two. Okay. And then and then you just tell. So what I do is I tell them, I say, all right, all right, Rob, so um, I'm going to be sending you an email in a second here. This is going to be the HIPAA disclosure. This is just going to give the company authorization during the prescription history. Uh, I'm going to send that email to this email address. and just I want to make sure it's going to you, so I'm going to verify it real quick. And then I go over what the email address says. Yes, that's it. Then you hit send email. And then, all right, so I'm sending that over right now, so you should have that any second. Go ahead and open your email up and make sure that, that you got that. Let me know when you do. Once you get it, uh, and you open the document, it's going to ask you for an access code. So when you get to that part, tell me, and I will let you know what that code is. And then, so you're keeping the control on that part too. They still need you at this point. Yeah, I, I, yes, and that's intentional. I, I like to, I want them to need me for the entire duration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then they do that, um, and then that's America's. That's a HIPAA one, and then the same, the same thing. That I've heard just whisperings that at the end of the America app, it's like a, it's a little different than that initial one. It's well, I mean, yes and no. So it's different in the sense that there's more places for them to click to sign. It's just like if you're doing it in person. It's okay. the same they sign the exact same thing. Same thing. They click here to apply, click here to apply. They're just doing that versus you. Yeah, they just do it instead of you. Okay. And and they're not they don't actually have to do the signature again. They they, they, they hand do their signature on the HIPAA form. And then when they're on that uh, last one that you send, mm-hmm. when they click that little yellow tab, it just mm-hmm. automatically applies the same signature that they did in the HIPAA form. Okay, cool. And they, they are gonna have to answer the mother's maiden name. And so then they just type that in, but that's, that's it. And then they, then they submit it and it comes back to you, your page refreshes. And, um, uh, so if it's a HIPAA form, it just automatically refresh, refreshes and you just go to the next page. If it's the very last one, then you get an email as the agent. And then you just, you, you have to uh, go into your email, your email, and then you just sign yours. Got it. 
Now that's involved. What does the process look like with some of the other carriers? Because you're you're right in Americo, Aetna, a bunch of Aetna, AMM, and Moo. Is it similar with those companies, or is it different per carrier? Yeah, it, it, it's similar. So like um, American Amicable, it's so if you're doing the application in person, they actually have to sign it with their finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you send the email, they just have to type their name, and then Got it applies it. that. I don't know what that signature is called. You, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Tell I do. You just type yeah. in. Um, and that, that's for the most part, that's how all the other carriers work outside of America, okay. from my experience. So a little simpler. Yeah. Yeah. Less, less troubleshooting with that, with, with other apps or is it about the same? About the same? Yeah. About the okay. Same. You got, you figure out one, you, you figured them all out. Yep. All right. Good. Um, let's do some role play on how you walk a client through if they're not technologically inclined. Okay. So you've sent me a, hey, Rob, you should you should have gotten your email. Chris, I'm looking and I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to get this a lot. This is how like, a 20-minute process turns into a 45-minute process. So th- you know, but the way the way that I look at that is if I was in home, it's probably going to take about 45 minutes anyway because you spend the front half report building. Sure. On the phone, you, you really don't do much of that. So, you know, it, it's a trade-off. So now you don't see it. And then I just, first thing that I do is I verify that it's actually going to the right email address. I'm so, looking, I'm looking. I, 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 I'm interrupting. <laughs> I keep hitting refresh. It's not there, Chris. <laughs> Where is it? All right. So here's, here's, here's what I want you to do. So first of all, I want to make sure that I have the correct email address. Uh, so it's, you know, rob654 at gmail.com, right? Uh-huh. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, Okay, it. perfect. <laughs> so now what I want you to do is go into your inbox and then just make sure that that's, that rob654 account is the actual account that you're looking at. Okay. And then they go ahead and they, they do that. So go ahead, refresh that. Um, let me know what inbox you're actually in. I'm in I'm in the correct one, and okay. I think I see it now. Okay. You think you see it now? Yeah. It should, okay. Is it from Americo? It's yeah. Well, yeah. It's sales connection via DocuSign. Is that is that what you? Oh, see? I was looking for Americo. That's why I didn't yep. see it. So That'd it's sales it. at Doc. sales connection via DocuSign. I see it. I All got right. it now. So go ahead, go ahead, Robin, and, and click that. Yeah. So let me know when you do that. I'm ready. Okay. And now you're going to see something in there that says review document. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. All right. Click that. And after you click that, it's going to ask you for an access code. Go ahead. Tell me when, when you get that. It's not working. All right. Go ahead and try <laughs> to click that again. What part's not working? Okay. That part. I'm clicking it, but nothing's happening. On what? Well, I'm clicking the click here that you told me. On review document? Yeah. Okay. So time out. Uh-huh. I don't think, I've never had that Okay. Happen. Where does it happen? That never happened. It always works. Okay, what part doesn't happen so then you can walk through how to troubleshoot somebody? It's just, dude, like sometimes they just can't find the email. And then after they find it, when they go to sign it, they don't know how to, like, they don't know how to do it. All right, so walk me through that. So now it's, it's up. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and then okay. now what do I do, Chris? So there should be something in there that says start. It should be at the top right. Do you see where it says start? I do. All right, go ahead and click that. Okay. And then it's going to bring you down to a part where there's going to be a little little yellow tab mm-hmm. at the bottom of the screen. You're mm-hmm. going to tap that yellow yellow tab. Go ahead and do that. Got it. Okay. And now a box should open up. It's uh-huh. going to tell you to draw your signature. Do you see that? <laughs> I do. All right, go ahead yeah. and draw, draw your signature. All right. You put your John Hancock on there. Yeah, it doesn't look like mine. Should I redo it? Yeah, they never do. They never do. This, this is the beauty, <laughs> beauty of technology. Yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes it looks great, sometimes it doesn't, but it usually doesn't. Okay. All right, so uh, go ahead and hit OK, and then submit that. Let me know when you are done. Submitted. Okay, perfect. Now I'm just waiting for it to come back on my end. That what, comes back on my end. You told me earlier when we were running through this, it's like sometimes they can't find it, and then you tell them, you see when the email got sent? Like you used the example 117. Yeah, yeah. That so, part. So walk, walk, walk us through. Okay. Through, so if you hadn't to identify the, if the you email. hadn't refreshed it and then just oh, I see it now. Okay. Okay. Then the next thing that I would do is say, all right, um, go to the top of your inbox and let me know what time the last email you received came. 
112. Okay. Try to go ahead and refresh that. This should have come in at 117. Okay, and then, then they're able to identify it. Yeah, like I, I, it's it's never gone to somebody's spam. It's never like it's always been in their inbox. Good, regardless of the carrier, it's not going to promotions or spam or junk. That has never happened to me. Okay, cool. It, you know that would be what next step is though. Is I would say, all right, go to your junk, make sure it's not in there. Go to all inboxes, make sure it's not in there, and the, then that that hasn't happened to me yet. But yeah. that's what I would do. The way you're explaining this sounds so simple, and I think the holdup for a lot of agents is like. The technology end of it, it mm -hmm. just sounds too complicated. So they're like, I don't want anything to do with it. But the way you're describing this, it's more simple than doing it in home. It's super simple. And so what I would say, if you're if you're kind of on the fence because you think that the technological side is kind of too advanced or complicated, what I would suggest is go ahead, go like in America or something and do an application on, I don't know, Joe Schmo. And then just get to the part where you send the HIPAA document. Mm -hmm. So you receive the email, like put your, your email in there. And then you can see what it looks like from a client's perspective. Now, you don't have to submit or initiate the in, uh, underwriting, obviously. Sure. But that way you can see exactly what they see. And that's going to be the same exact email or the same email address. It's going to be the same access code. It's going to look exactly the same from that HIPAA document as it does at the very end of the application. So if you know what, what it's going to look like and how to get through it, doing the HIPAA document, you're going to have no problem when it comes to the end and actually submitting it. Awesome. Now let's talk about how you solidify the sale. So it gets an approved. Let's talk about two things. Mm -hmm. So uh, it got it gets approved, how, and we'll wrap up the sale. And then it doesn't get approved. How do you pivot on a telesale? So um, on a telesale. So first it gets approved. Uh -huh. right, so it gets approved. And so I tell them it, it. I never tell them that it's approved on the phone because God forbid something you know something <laughs> happens. It goes you know. Every now and then you can get an application that right. says that it's approved and all of a sudden it's not. Yeah. I don't want to run into any issues there. So I tell them it's going to take one to two weeks for them to decide. With this company in particular, let's say it's America, they've been coming back really, really fast with their decisions. So what you'll notice, like I said in the beginning, they're not going to take any money until you actually approve. So if you wake up on Tuesday, Wednesday, and you see that that money was uh, withdrawn, that means you're approved. That's a good thing, okay? Then wow. at that point, you can take uh, give them 10 to 14 business days to actually receive your policy, policy in the mail unless they do the electronic, you know, then it's just going to mm -hmm. come via email. Delivered. So that's what I tell them. And then, then I just move right on. So um, give them 10 to 14 business states to actually receive your policy in the mail. Now I'm going to send you, when we get out the phone, a text message. That's going to have my name. It's going to have what I do, the company that we went with, the face amount, and the policy number. I'm going to send that to you, okay? This is coming from my cell phone, my personal cell phone. So if you need anything at all in the future, um, feel free to reach out to me. You can call me. You can text me. Like I said, it's my personal phone. So you can reach me on the weekend. If I don't answer right away, I'll get right back to you. Um, but that's it. So let me know as soon as I send this text that you actually got it, okay? Okay. All right, perfect. And then we hang up, and then I send the text. And then they usually just give me like a thumbs up or something. Run through what you say about the when you see the premium come out. That was so good. Yeah, so I say. So you you, you always you don't post date in your business. No, post dating is the devil. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't post dating. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So you you always submit it on, on approval. So yeah. it's like policy effective date is the day it's approved. Mm -hmm. And you say so it takes one to two weeks. Let me say this back to you. I want to see if I'm hearing this right. Yeah. So it takes one to two weeks for the for the company to approve you. Now, if on Tuesday or Wednesday, and say this is a Sunday or a Monday, yeah. on Tuesday or Wednesday, you see the money come out of your account, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That means you were approved. You're approved. That's so good. Yeah. And, then, and then I just try to keep moving forward past that. Do you get much pushback there? Are they like, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I can't wait to have this trapped out of my account. I've legitimately never had pushback on that. That's crazy. W whether this is in the field or whether, whether it's over the phone. I, have, it's, I say the same thing on both ends. That's so good. All right, now they get declined. How do we pivot? 
Now, now they get declined. Um, before I tell them that they get declined, I'm pulling up. Let's say I'm doing America. They get the, uh, the uh, they get declined because they're on PayMeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going through AMM and I'm putting their information in, and I um, I, I tell them. I usually don't say you got declined. I put their information in with AMM. I act like everything is just fine. And then when I submit it, I'm going to say, all right, so we put it with a couple different carriers just start trying to get you the best rate to make sure that you're going to get approved. And so um, if one company doesn't approve you and the other one does, so you, and you get a letter in the mail saying you were declined, just ignore that. Don't worry about it. That's just something technical that happened on our end. But we're, that just means that we're going with another carrier that got you a better rate or, or, or you know, they got you approved or whatever, so, sure. something along those lines. That's great. That is freaking good. All right. So that wraps up how you do telesales. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, and that everything you said makes a ton of sense and why you're writing a lot of business. Let's talk about the do nots. What are some things that you do not want to say on a telesale in the beginning, middle, and end? Yeah. So um, never ask, you never want them to tell you what they're, you never want to say, ask them what their budget is. How much are you trying to spend? Uh, each month $12 because that's because <laughs> that's what you get and everyone is always going to under budget themselves and everybody always wants to get a lot for a little and the reality of it is and sometimes like you will get that and then I, I usually laugh and I'm like yeah, yeah I wish I could get that too <laughs> you know and then then like you just say something like this is you have to you have to remember this is real money these companies are giving out so it's an actual hundred thousand dollars or it's an actual thirty thousand dollars <laughs> like it's real money that yeah. can be used. No company on planet Earth is going <laughs> to give you $100,000 for $12 a month. It, do, it doesn't matter if you're a 24-year-old. It's just not going to happen. Right. Right? Um, so, and like I said, everybody has that. Everybody wants a lot for a little, but it's just not going to So avoid that. Don't ask <laughs> okay. them what their budget is. Another thing that's super important, it's, it's important in home, and I think it's even more important on the phone, is, is don't sound timid. Don't sound unsure. Because people have this expectation, or not an expectation, but a perception of things where if I'm not in person... I'm a little more weary of like scams and stuff. And if I'm talking to someone and you sound timid, like you're not confident what you're doing, that just my, my, my warning light is going off in my head. And now when you get to the bank info, uh, the social, I'm probably not going to give that to you because you sound weird on the yeah. phone and now you're freaking me out. So yeah. I try not to freak people out and just, I want it to sound like I do this every day. You're one of 27 people I'm going to talk to today. Give me your information. This is not weird. Business is usual. Yeah, like like you're being weird if you don't give it to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. Like, you want the coverage or not? <laughs> you know? Um, so don't do that. So don't ask what their budget is. Don't ask for them to tell you what they want for coverage. Um, don't sound timid. And don't avoid telling them what's realistic. So if you do get someone that says, you know, they they're have major health issues or they're old or whatever, and they, they, do, they do say that I want just a huge amount, um, don't be you know, timid in telling them you, you can't get that. You can't get that. I, I wish that I could get a $60 million policy that I would, you know, that you would, you would pay for it for me, but it's just not going to happen because this is real money. And I always go back to that. This is a real money people. And I tell them this people lose, lose, uh, 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 people, people become unaware or, uh, de- detached from the monetary value that they're actually applying for. And you have to understand that this is an actual amount of money that a company is actually paying out. And if they gave everyone that's 74 years old uh, $330,000 worth of coverage, it would have been out of business like 12 years ago. So that's just something that they, that they can't do. The reality of it is, and I'll say this, the reality of it is, Rob, you're 76 years old and no company in America is going to give you that amount of coverage. It just doesn't exist. You know, 
So um, instead, what the company did, they came out with a product that is for people in your situation. And this is what most people in your situation do. Instead of looking at $330,000, which at 76 years old, if they were going to give you this, you're going to be paying about $6,000 a month for it. <laughs> and that doesn't sound fun it for anyone. It doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so, instead, right? so instead, uh, they came out with this product. It's 30000 or 25000 or tw- whatever it is. And this is still a real 30000 a real 25000 a real 20000 that will pay out. There's no term. This is permanent. I promise you that you, your family is going to get more out of this than if you were to just put $120 away a month and then die in four years, right? This yeah, is a 100%. real amount of money. Don't lose sight of that. And then try to move on that way. This process actually sounds very enjoyable. I have more fun with it. And your clients, like even on your clients end, you've, we've all been on the other line of a bad salesperson that's like making us do things or they're timid or they're sketchy or whatever. And like you have no choice but to do business with that person, so you can't hang up. But with in this, like they can hang up, and they're not hanging up. Mm-hmm. In fact, you've gotten referrals from a phone sale. Yeah, yep. How'd that go for you this week? Really good. Yeah, it got me an additional twenty four thousand dollars in submission. What? Twenty four thousand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that worked really well. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was yeah, that was just a referral. It helped somebody out on the phone. You it, never met that person. Not a person. Right. No, correct. Yeah. This $24,000 deal you did. Oh, yeah. No. You never met that guy. Mm-mm. And what did he tell you at the end of that sale? He's got more. He's, he's, got, he's got people for you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got he's got more people. So he, he was self-employed and he works within a community where in his in his uh, line of work, a lot of people are self-employed. And so he doesn't have any retirement or anything, doesn't really know what to do with his money. And he has a large community. And so he said, um, he, and he told me that he goes, look, he goes, yeah, he said, you've been great. Um, you seem like you're a really great guy. He said, and I really appreciate what you've done for me. This, uh, so, so then he goes, um, I have a lot of other friends that I work with that will probably need the exact same coverage that I just got. And then he, th- this is the best <laughs> part. He goes, do you mind if I give him your number? Like, do you mind? <laughs> I said, no, I, I go, I go, no, I don't mind at all. I said, look, man, um, I've had a great time working with you, and if I can help them out the same way I've helped you out, that would be a blessing for me. So if you give them my number, I would I would actually appreciate that. Awesome. And then so you know, and this, this I mean this just happens. So hopefully he gives them my number. Yeah, I mean look, that's it speaks volumes for your approach and and what you're doing. Is there anything else you want to leave us with, or that pretty much sum it up? That pretty much sums it up. I would just say, again, go into it with realistic expectations. Don't go into this thinking that you're going to get, you know, eight calls and you're going to close seven. It's, right. You're just you're not going to. Um, no, can is. that happen? No, no, good. No, can't happen. Good. Thanks for saying that. Yep. You can't, that's not happening. Not going to happen <laughs> again. Don't be timid and don't be unrealistic. Can't happen. Um, so expect, you know, six phone calls. If you're decent, maybe you close two of them. And let's just say you spend, uh, $600 on those six phone calls. Cause you're paying a hundred dollars a week, mm-hmm. which it does not cost that much, but let's just say that you do. But you close two, and now that yields you twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, so your average deal size has been pretty similar to what your in home is. Yeah, yeah, my, my my average deal size is. I haven't actually averaged it out, but it's got to be around fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks. That's great. Yeah, that's that magic number too. That's where I like to be. Yeah. I, I don't like those huge, you know, like three hundred and forty dollar a month policies because it's very easy to cancel. Yeah, even though your first house sale was like thirty four hundred, it's crazy. Yeah, You're like yeah, wait, maybe there true. is something to this. Yeah. But the numbers always even out. You've done a couple small ones, done mm-hmm. a couple big ones, and take out that monster one. Average deal size 110, 120 bucks a month. Yeah, which is freaking good place it. to live. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for your time. Hope this helps everybody. Um, if they want to work with you, Chris, where can they reach you? Uh, so you, 
you can call me, 860-617-6600. Um, you can go to my site, www.fflthelos.com. Um, you're hiring, we, you're growing. Yeah, hiring, growing. Um, New we senior hope. vice president. There we <laughs> yeah, go. yeah. And Actually, uh, this is the first time it's announced. You just hit Hall of Fame as a producer, so congratulations yeah. in your first year. Thank you. Uh, it took you nine that. and a half months to do it, so mm-hmm. congratulations on that, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I yeah, appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. So, look, if you want to work with Chris, holler at him, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll get you up and moving and get you making money. So, thanks so much for your time. Perfect. Yeah, thank you.